Coming in loud and clear, Stephen. <laughs> All righty. Have you you've hit record already, have you? Is this yeah, the pre-show, not. official pre-show? Mate, or I don't what, muck what around here. When the okay. red light's on, the red light's on. You should know so that by see, now. I can see the, the, the wave, the, the recording. Are you suggesting that we're not in the same room? Are you suggesting that we're <laughs> doing this show remotely? We're actually not. You're in, where are you, <laughs> Barcelona? I'm in downtown Sydney. Well, not downtown You're Sydney, holding suburban the Sydney. I mean, my suburban my Sydney. You're in the, you're in the leafy, palatial eastern suburbs. <laughs> That's right, and you're in what? You're in an Airbnb in one of the dodgiest suburbs of Barcelona. Is that right? Or actually, it's quite a lovely suburb. Um, is it? That's not bad, mate. Three, only uh, three people tried to pick your pocket, mate, on the way through there, or <laughs> at all. We 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 are in a kind of more central area than we normally are, so uh, it's ah. not it's not horrible. Is it but, friendly um, to the show? And the show we're talking about, of course, is Mobile World Congress, which kicks off in what three two days? Three days? Yeah, we'll worry about that in a few a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> it's. Not for no, not as for so in our normal back in the day feels like forever since we've been here. But uh, we used to stay at a it's place. Actually, been like three a, years, mate. Fifteen minute walk to to the Fira Grand Via. Uh, nice. There's your exercise for the day. But uh, here it'd be like a five hour walk. No, no, it's just we're we're further up towards the beach and stuff. So it'll be a ah, be a bus, I see. Yeah, I, know, a, I, I stayed over uh, near the water last time I was there. It's only just a yeah, bus, right. just a train, mate. Do you catch trains, mate, over there, or you got a driver do or something? What have you got? Trains, do hey? I'm a driver. I've got hey? a little Volkswagen T Cross. I am the oh, driver. You've yeah. only got your own car. Nice. Yeah, even yeah. better. But, yeah. So there's not. There's can not we, can we talk about there. why you're really there, though, mate? Can we talk about what really sort of got you over the line? I know you're equally passionate about Mobile World Congress, but isn't there a little interview with Daniel Ricardo that's kind of burning a hole in your pocket over there too, mate? No, there's no interview with Daniel. Um, I don't want to talk about that. No. Oh, really? No. Yeah, okay. There's been some accreditation issues. But, oh, um, no. So goes life. But we're, we're going to okay, talk to mate. the other young Aussie, Oscar Piastri, and uh, like more importantly, that. I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the track and see the new cars. So everyone knows I'm an F1 nut. So there's a, it's a brand new. It's kind of like um, how would you describe it in football terms? There is no equivalency. Uh, this is a completely new season, completely new redesign. So I'm, I want to get out the track and have oh, a look wow. at the cars. And there's a lot of new things coming up. Big. Is there a lot of new stuff? Yeah, it's it's all wow. new cars. Nothing. New rules, new everything. It's it's crazy big. New so I rules. want to get out and have a look at the cars. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all when's the first race again? A couple of, what, in a month? First race is in, I think, a month. So they're in uh, Barcelona this week for three days. And then I think they're in Bahrain for three days next week or the week after for another and bit of testing. And then Australia. Is that right? Number no, three? No, Australia is like the third race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. So yeah, the so. first race is in Bahrain in okay. a month. Uh, and then do they go to Saudi and then Australia? So it's not till early wow. April. And it's coincided so, yeah. too, of course, with the footy season starts too. The NRL season kicks off on March March the tenth. Oh, and so excited. breaking news, mate! I'm going to be up in Brisbane for round one. Really? You know, what have you rorted there? Yeah, hang on, hang on. No, hey, Stephen Fenning had a Stephen Fenning had a meeting me. with a major sponsor of South Sydney this week, <laughs> and suddenly he's announcing. That he's going to the Excuse opening me. round. No, hang on, mate. I'll pull you up right there. I did have a meeting with MG Motor, the boss of MG Motor, Peter Chow, good mate of mine. But oh, um, he is now. He's a good mate of mine now. But I booked all of that myself. Okay. Totally paid for all on my own. My Joe's mm-hmm. coming up with me, and a couple of friends of ours also uh, joined. It was actually their idea. And we said, you know what? Well, let's go with you. So there was no rort, as you imply there, Trev, okay? This is a legit trip of my own back, okay? Fully funded by Stephen Fennec. Sharky Media. And the Sharky Family Trust. The Sharky Media Family Trust. Sharky Media Family Trust. (laughs) So all you need to do is one story and it's a write-off. Exactly, yeah. That's it. Just a tweet, I think, would write it off, wouldn't it? Just a tweet or whatever. That's part of my. That's well, part mate, of my you do a tweet output. and then let me know what the ATO says. Yeah, no, that be more than that. we'll find some angle. We'll find an angle. Fair enough. All right. As well, we uh, let's uh, stop gibbering and let's get on with the show. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 524. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Arlo. If you need networking for your home or security cameras, Netgear and Arlo got you covered. We'll tell you more about them shortly, Stephen. Um, I just realised I'm going to have to post-edit the show and put the intro in, which is great. I just love having extra work to do. (laughs) 
Well, I'm, proud know, to I'm proud to announce there'll be no IDs throughout the whole show. <laughs> cost of doing business. So we'll just run through it. Is that what's going to happen? Yes, We're going to run through right. it? Uh, people can tell when I'm in charge of editing because it gets really easy <laughs> and there's no, jing- no jingles and stings. Yeah. <laughs> I'd offer, I am in- them, I'd offer to do them this side, but I think I've got. I don't have the. I've got all the old ones on my broadcaster. So it's all good. That's mate. your we'll fault. That's mismanagement on your side, there, mate. You Miss should have given me the new ones. Wow, yeah. that's a massive call. Wow. Um, <laughs> I am in Barcelona, as we've uh, previously discussed. There is the lead up to the show, and I'm. Uh, I'll be going to Mobile World Congress. Mobile World Congress. Stephen and I. Last time we were here was 2019. So we skipped 2020 because COVID had just kicked in. Stephen, we've yeah, talked we talked about it we many were times. We go, were in remember? San Francisco. We were booked. We were, booked we were ready to go. Um, and yeah. uh, it just, the, the world of COVID really slapped us all in the face. And uh, 2021, did this show happen? Because they talked about it, but oh, I it feel was like a it virtual didn't... show last year. It was virtual right. in 2020, virtual last year. And just to be clear, I was supposed to go with a, 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 with a bunch of other journalists too, and we were being hosted by a company. I, I won't tell you which company, but we were supposed to be there. And the, this company decided a month ago, five weeks ago, that they weren't. I think it was in the right when Omicron was was kind of hitting the COVID yeah. Omicron uh, variant, and they decided to uh, to pull out. I, I yeah. suggested. I said, look, and I was actually in Vegas at the time. Well, we were in the US, and I said, "Look, I've already travelled. I'm all insured. I'm happy yep. to go. If like I, I don't care about the risk, I'll, I'm prepared to take the risk." But they decided, yep. uh, no, they're not going to do it. And look, the th- I'm the same, but because of the balance of probabilities around around my love for Formula One, I obviously chose to come. Um, <coughs> the, the process yeah. actually very similar. The you know coming here very much similar to the US. Um, Probably a little bit better, actually, because the Spanish government have a little app that you've got to sign a health declaration and you've got to see someone there and scan a QR code. But other than that, mate, it's the same as the US, mate. Everyone's wearing masks, apart from a few randoms on the plane I won't get into. Um, that'll be one for the private. <clears throat> um, everyone's wearing masks in inside. You know, 50 40% of people wearing masks outside. And um, they are Airbnb host, Rog, lovely bloke, um, can talk. Um, gave us just basically said that you know it's an indoors thing, masks indoors. Uh, and yeah, looking right. at MWC Mobile World Congress, this is, I mean, it's we, we always talk about it every year. It's not really a massively great show for us in terms of the amount of things on display because yeah. it's very much a network, as in Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, Ericsson, yeah, Nokia. Right. It's very that's much a, a, a B2B show. show. That's what sort of carries that sort of does all the heavy lifting of the show. It's it's on because all the networks are there. It's the the Nokia's and and Huawei's and Ericsson's of the world that are all doing talking turkey. That's right. With the Telstra's and Optus's and Vodafone's. Now, what so, I find yeah. fascinating, Stephen, is so there's definitely not going to be as many. There'd normally be a you know weekend of announcements uh, all around the city, all the different companies. I remember when you know LG would have something over there, Sony'd have something there, Nokia yes. would be over there, and you know it's not going to be like that at all. Although well, I do I believe remember, there'll be some <clears throat> going. Just to just to cut in, I can remember in 2019, last time I was there, we were there together. That was the year that we'd come straight from San Francisco, where Samsung had their oh, yeah. launch. Do you remember that? So that they had yep. the fold. You know, they launched the fold, and so they kind of yep. had their own MWC. And then Huawei we had theirs. There, and then Huawei had their, uh, what, what do they call it? It was the, the Mate, X, the Mate, mate X or whatever it's called. Fold X or X Fold Mate oh, or something. Yeah, so that was when literally days after the Fold had been unveiled, then Huawei came out with their one, which, which I've got to say, Huawei kind of, in terms of the reaction to it, I reckon Huawei oh, yeah. won the first foldable impressions. Like yeah, they There did. were videos Definitely. that we were putting up that were getting hundreds of thousands of views. People were going nuts over the Huawei thing. Hmm. And so that was the last time we were there. So it's not as, and I remember going from one place to another one, LG, to Huawei, all these other things. So you're saying it's not, it's only, what, what, are there any launches you're going to? or is it So what, what I've been able to determine is there's definitely some announcements. Not all of them are going to be real, like in-person announcements. Um, I believe Oppo will still announce their flagship phone, um, but they won't yeah. announce kind of global details. So you find, yeah. So if you, <clears> find X5, I think it's pretty find, Yeah, what are we up to with the Find X series yet? Yeah. Um, and there's been some seriously good leaks of that. Like it looks like it's got a, a stunning Hasselblad camera on it. There's some yeah. really nice stuff happening there. Didn't they just announced um, a partnership with them. Was that a partnership they announced last right, week yeah. with Hasselblad? Yep. And there's some renders of this thing with a you know solid S twenty two ultra style bump. You know on the on the camera. Yeah. Um, and, you know that, that, that union. That's actually a really smart alliance there. Like, well, what, you know, what, what does it remind you of? Phones about cameras. Think Bali. What does it remind you of? 
yeah, it reminds me of the well, the 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 first Huawei time like two, two Huawei Leica. That's right, and they had the two cap two lens system, and yeah. Oh, well, that's that's a you smart know. that's a smart part. Is that still? I don't think they're they're not together know. anymore, are they? Yeah, not that's anymore. a smart thing. <laughs> Hasselblad, like a Hasselblad's a big name in, in in on the photography. If you're a photographer, you'll know that brand. Yeah, definitely. So Oppo, definitely something. Um, I believe Nokia will have uh, HMD Nokia devices. Yes, of course. Will have yeah. some stuff. Um, well, TCL, I think. Yeah. That's right. TCL will announce some uh, some more details on the 30 series. Yes. Uh, that they kind of started the conversation around at CES. CES. Yeah, I can remember. I, I'm That's really right. looking forward to seeing that range. They, they, they look like TCL look like they're really they're uh, they're getting not that they weren't serious last year, but they're really putting a lot more work into the into the range, and they're they're really competing and and sort of you know well, you shouldering their way two through years to the Plex, right? And yeah. it was a good phone. Um, and then some they, headway, aren't they? Yeah. Then they went with a ten, and then the twenty. They're kind of realizing they need a solid range to be global because there's I think there's about eight. Uh, phones in the yeah. in the TCL 30 series and you know only one or two of them or three or four of them might come to Australia and then there's a European one and you know they've, they've smartly yeah. worked out that they have to have a global market so TCL Oppo Nokia devices um, I don't know there'll be much more in terms of mobile phones but I am getting a, a lot of emails from companies about virtual reality and augmented reality solutions so there's some retail stuff happening with the, the Nokia network side of things in augmented reality. HTC, have, uh, you know, they're always here, HTC. They always do big yes, things at Mobile yeah. World Congress. Well, HTC, um, remember, remember, well, they were they were a phone company back in the day. And that's right. We had some really nice devices. and I think We, we went to their factory. Their, we went to the – I've still got my factory jacket that we stole from the, our factory tour uh, that you stole with me. And, uh, and we – I've got no evidence of that. Yeah, they, they kind of faded out of smartphones and really sort of put all their eggs in the VR basket, which they're doing really well in the in the VR space. And you th- you think about yeah. the sort of meta and the sort of metaverse, it's really really playing into their hands. And I think there was an announcement just this week about some new VR tools and VR um, software and things like that, as well as new devices. So uh, HTC absolutely will be there. I think yeah. in course. And I think the other one that's interesting, and when we talked at the start about how it's a very much business-to-business show, um, uh, Andy Penn's here. There's executives from Vodafone and Optus here. Uh, Gary McGregor from Samsung is here. So it's not like there's no one here. It's just okay. that in, in our world, you've got this kind of business end of town and then the consumer end of town. The consumer end isn't really a focus here. So yeah, right. I find it fascinating that there is actually some yeah, big right. wigs here. Andy Penn's doing a keynote. Um, speech. He's, I think, he's a big like member like, of the board of or of something the board of the members of the of the group that organises it, the GSMA yeah, yeah. or whatever he's, it's he's called. A, is, doesn't he have a position <clears throat> on the board or something of the of the governing body of the the whole the telcos? Yeah, I or think something, he does. Or? I think he does. So, but still, That's even that doesn't, that doesn't mean yep. you should travel <clears throat> if if you're um, just because you're, you're on the board. So. I think that gives it some credibility in the B2B sense. So that's, I think that's a bit sure. fascinating to me that they're all there. Um, but otherwise, I think it will be – I'll put it this way. I've, I've got one day on the show floor. I'm yeah. leaving the net. The second day of the show, I'm leaving. So, yeah. you know, it's well, not – It's, it's, it's normally it's, a show. It's nothing like CES usually. Eh? It's normally like no. pre, pre-show, one day actually there. Your kind of work's done already before the show kicks off really, isn't it? So just that's being right. there just gives you a chance to look and feel at the devices and stuff. So, Yeah. Exactly. Nice so nice I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Nokia do because I think Nokia, Nokia and Motorola, for example, I think they're the underdogs in the that mid to low range space, especially in Australia. Um, if you go into a JB's or whatever, they've got good devices and and hey, they've got good name recognition. So that'll be interesting. Those kind of brands. Yeah. Um, I think Oppo have done consistently well over many years on just building the brand in Australia. I, I, I think it's a struggle for them to compete at the flagship end, but this is just, it's really important that they have that device. Um, so I can't I wait to see years, it. Uh, years gone by, <laughs> Nokia's always had quite a presence there. I remember, mm. and even back, like I've been going, I've been going to Mobile World Congress for like 17 years. I remember, and when Nokia, there was no iPhone yet, Nokia was the absolute, ran the joint. And they ran the whole thing, and and then they kind of had a bit of a hiatus until then. They came back when we went HMD Global, sort of brought them back to yeah. Finland and made them run Android. And they're they're now, I think, they're competing again and being like in their backyard. They, I think, they're going to have a quieter presence there. They normally have a really. I remember last time in 2019, they had a, a massive stand uh, at the show. 
Yeah. And I think they'll have another massive <coughs> presence there this year. So, um, yeah, Nokia doing making some inroads, especially in that sort of that real, uh, well, kind of let's call it the bread and butter, that sort of entry to mid-tier level phones yeah. that are yeah. they're the ones that sort of JB are selling, I think, by the truckload to, to, to users who want a decent camera, decent design, running Android at an affordable price. I think Nokia's really filled the gap there. You know, Apple and Samsung sell big numbers in the high end, but you and I get calls every single week from people who just want a phone for their mum, for their dad, uh, whatever it is, just that does the basics. I mean, it was like when the QR codes came in a year or so ago. It's like, we need a new phone. Which one will work? And most of the time, it was a Nokia or a cheap Oppo or the cheaper Samsung series or whatever it sure. is. So, yeah. But isn't it interesting? The last thing I'll say about MWC is it is still fascinating to me that um, Samsung use it as a demonstration. So they're here. Uh, they've got a display. They've got all their phones because they were only announced a few weeks ago. So it's important that they can be seen, and it's like they go well at it. But in terms of using the show as a you know uh, you know place to announce stuff, it's just dead now. It's not. It's just not their thing. They've realised yeah. they can get the attention from Unpacked. They got that you know a few weeks ago with their first. I think there'll be another Unpacked. You know, well not before long for the A series. Yeah. There'll be another Unpacked for the Z Fold later, and you know they've. They've just they don't need this yeah. show to announce stuff. They just need it to remember. show stuff. I think it's been I reckon about five or six years since Samsung have used MWC to announce things. Like I can remember probably the last time and probably the biggest time. Twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen? Do you reckon no, I think it was it might have been seventeen, maybe even earlier than that. Do you remember the year that they announced they had the when Mark Zuckerberg was at their announcement and we had mm, all the VR yeah. headsets at the start. That, yeah, to me, yeah, I think yeah. was the last time they had a massive announcement of a I product. I think they had another one the, the year later at a big kind of, um, not a dome, but there was this place. So I remember you and I caught up with the other beforehand in this kind of um, anteroom cafe area before the show in a, in a yeah. kind of concert hall thing. So I think that might have been 2018 for that one. Right. Um, and there were some watches and stuff announced there as well. So, But I think that 2019 – that year that we were in San Francisco and then came here, then the straight followed, to Barcelona. That was the end of the of the at MWC announcements. So yeah. I think it was twenty eighteen. They was had the last they time had the fold member in a glass case on their stand. Yeah, they still had it. it. was an opportunity, yeah. but no one could touch it. But Huawei, I remember I got I was one of the first people to get my hands on it, and and I just simply asked the bloke at the press conference. I was in the front row of the presser, and I said, "Can I have a look at it?" And he goes, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> and I said, "Mate, film this, please." And I just had a look at it. It was kind of the first <laughs> first time someone touched the thing, and uh, yeah, so it, it was uh, that that was uh, that was a big show in 2019, the last real big one before COVID, of course, and yeah. Now, hopefully, it's on its way back. I mean, hopefully, in a year, we're to, we're doing this podcast both there. But at, at, at a bigger show that's supported by all the bigger brands and it yeah. sort of comes back to life because I quite enjoy going to Barcelona for that show. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I, th- I think it will. I don't think it's, um, you know, when you look at the world and how travel is now, I think it's yeah, next year will be pretty much normal for that unless some other major drama happens. Let's not, uh, let's not preempt yeah. anything. Just be careful. Um, You're so, actually close to Ukraine, are you, mate? Just be careful over there. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the pilot just went a bit like this as he came yeah. past <laughs> It's all happening there. Um, so it, despite the fact that it's it's not that big a show, there'll still be a lot of announcements. Um, we'll have all the news from Oppo and uh, um, Nokia and whoever else has announcements will be all the details of it, techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Now, uh, speaking, staying on the subject of networks and, and the whole mobile the whole mobile landscape, the big news this week was that Telstra and TPG Telecom have announced this landmark networking network mm-hmm. sharing agreement that's going to offer improved 4G and 5G coverage for all for both of those companies customers especially in regional and and those outer urban areas this is a 10 year agreement like what they call a multi operator core network commercial agreement so basically it's seeing Vodaf- uh, TPG the company behind Vodafone TPG IINet being able to leverage a little bit of the Telstra infrastructure mm. in those areas, so really to help pump up their 4G and 5G networks. And Telstra also get a little bit out of the deal as well in sort of bolstering their 4G coverage in some areas also. But I think uh, the, the – I don't know, and Telstra are obviously going to make money from the partnership, but I think a win-win for both companies there. So this is, to me, this is massive because there was, what was it, maybe a year or two ago there was um, – was it ACCC or another level of action about um, basically Vodafone was going to the government in, in, in really simple terms. The Vodafone went to the government and said, um, you should require all networks 
to cross-carry each other. So that if you're at my mum's yeah. pub where there's only a Telstra tower and you're an Optus customer or a Telstra customer, you should be able to still get mobile service, right? Um, and they, they argued that it was for the betterment of consumers and all that stuff, but they lost. And it was deemed that there was no requirement on any company to you know help the other business and the other business customers. This agreement between Telstra and Vodafone is essentially uh, network roaming, um, domestic roaming, and it's huge. It, for, from a consumer point of view, the biggest beneficiaries are Vodafone Group customers, TPG Group customers. But Telstra, it's weird, isn't it, to think that Telstra got advantages from it? Because see, TPG, one of the biggest reasons TPG and Vodafone merged was because TPG actually owned some really solid spectrum in the in the spectrum yeah. auctions. So that merger created a really nice set of spectrum up there for the 4G and 5G networks. Telstra got a lot of results from the Spectrum auctions, but <clears throat> I think they wanted a bit of what Vodafone TPG had. So what they've done is they've said, listen, you've got that over there, give us a bit. You, you give us a bit of that, you help us a bit here and there, and we'll give you that. And, you know, I don't know how much money's going to change hands, but it feels like actually it's probably a, not quite equals, but I think mm. Telstra's getting in metro areas what they lacked and Vodafone's getting this advantage. Now, they're not getting the full Telstra network, which is an annoyingly yeah. important term here. You know, Boost Mobile uses the full Telstra network. Uh, Aldi Mobile does not. Um, Vodafone customers roaming on the Telstra network out in the bush will get coverage in 98.8% of the population. That's huge. It's bigger than than Vodafone's currently yeah. got, and that's, that's what matters. That's a jump up from 96%. When that, that, that 2% <clears throat> massive, that extra little bit there. Mm. That's pretty big. And the thing is, you um, that the real the real winner here is the people that live in that two percent. So yeah. you know, tens of thousands of people who live in you know fringe areas. You might be whether you're in a big country town like Wagga, right? And if you're on the fringes, you might not get great Vodafone coverage, even though in the fringe city, urban area like Thornley or something like that. You know, like nah, uh, uh, your way mate, the, on the edge of the country. You'll, yeah, be yeah. You'll be stoked about this yeah, one. Yeah. Isn't this, in all seriousness, people. though, isn't this a little bit of an up yours to Optus as well? It's sort of like Telstra sort of teaming up with the other big player in the market, in, in like TPG, the company behind Vodafone. Yeah. Is yeah. this sort of um, gathering sort of to, to team up against Optus to sort of keep them I at think, bay as well? I think it wouldn't have missed either of them, that it does yeah. put a big middle finger up to Optus and allow, and allow yeah, them and both Vodafone to. too. Okay, Vodafone gets some strength here as well. So yeah. I think Optus is kind of the, the one that's that's opposing both of them now on, the, on, on their own. I do a lot of regional radio and I was talking in play, you know, places like Bendigo and Mildura this week and, and they – you know, they have all three networks, but when you live in Mildura, living in the town, it's very different to living in the in the farms and stuff, right? Yeah. And so all I've been saying is, here's the thing. Do yourself a favor, something you've probably never done. Look up koganmobile.com.au. Kogan Mobile operates on the Vodafone network, which is part of this network sharing deal, right? You get a 12-month, you get buy a SIM card for two bucks, you pay for 12 months in advance, and you've got yourself like cracking mobile deal that's probably, for the people out there, I reckon, they're paying the most for Telstra coverage. Like they're the people that are paying 60, 80 bucks because they think that's what they have to pay to get mobile coverage. And now yeah. they can pay 10 or 15 a month. Motivates. Yeah. And it's huge. I've actually got my parents on that plan and my mother-in-law are all on that Kogan 12-month. I think they get like 130 gig a year, and which they'll never use in 12 months. It's like 120 bucks one-off payment per year, it's just set and forget for them. They love it. That's it. So and that's, and that's, now, those, Vodafone, that's now available, an option now in those regional areas. And I think areas. why this matters is because those regional areas didn't have the option to buy that kind of plan, whether it's a Vodafone red plan or a Kogan plan or a Felix, yeah. you know, because you've got an environmental slant or whatever it is, they didn't have the option because they felt, rightly or wrongly, they felt like they didn't have the coverage. And this deal basically says to them, no, no, you're sweet. you got the coverage it's on the if table you want now. it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's huge. So yeah. it's a really, really big win for consumers. Um, it, you'd love to be a fly on the wall in the meeting to know who really does get the biggest advantage how know, much, financially how or whatever. Much and- yeah, I reckon some solid folding some solid folding matter would have changed hands too. I reckon it would have been a solid deal. Maybe, I reckon but... A, um, what do you reckon, a 10-digit 10, 10 deal? I don't know, mate. Nine-digit deal? My guess is no. My guess is Vodafone TPG had stuff that, um, Telstra needed, and yeah. Telstra was willing to come to the table on that account. Okay, because from what I read, like what Telstra are getting is a hundred access to one hundred and sixty nine TPG Telecom existing mobile sites 
So that'll be an improvement for their TPG and Telstra customers. And Telstra are sharing their radio access network, RAN, for 4G and soon to be 5G service. So this effectively, Mm. too, will increase Vodafone's 5G footprint in some areas, too. Mm. I think it's a win-win, but I think, yeah, I think both are going to – I think Vodafone's got the better part of the deal, but it cost them a bit of money, cost them the, the, the money to, to get it. But well, I, we'll never, well, I guess we'll never know unless it has to be disclosed in their financial numbers. But um, yeah, um, solid. They, They're doing very well out of it. <laughs> and as you said, it's a 10-year deal too, so there's some important yeah. stuff there in the long term for people. Anyway, you sure. can read the details of the TPG and Telecom um, um, network sharing deal, shall we say, in simple terms, at uh, eftm.com and techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech, proudly supported by our good friends at Arlo. And Arlo have a lot of great cameras, but what people don't realise, they also allow for XL battery and housing. So if you've got a, a camera, say an essential camera, you can buy an XL battery and the housing to go with it. So the XL battery is obviously larger and the housing can then fit that larger battery. Now, this gives you two and a half times longer power than a standard Arlo battery. So less downtime, uh, less charging compared to a normal battery and more time protecting your home. So it's perfect if you've either got a camera that's in, in like a high traffic location, so it's doing recording a lot of movement, or in, say, a holiday home. I think one great example, a friend of mine had a few Arlo cameras protecting his holiday house, and every so often, every few months, he'd have to travel down to charge his cameras but then when the lockdown happened, it made that almost impossible. He couldn't travel out of out, out down to the, his holiday house. But then I, I reminded him, I said, look, Arlo, the XL batteries, you put them in and you won't have to charge it for up to a year. I told him they've got two and a half times longer battery life than the regular Arlo batteries. Uh, so that, that, was a ma- that was a massive improvement for him and sort of really helped to him to keep an eye on his, on his holiday home without actually having to travel down there and keep charging the, the batteries. Another friend also has uh, – his cameras are in like a high traffic area and all the activity was running his battery down quickly. And I, I gave him the same advice. Look, the Arlo XL – pop that in there, two and a half times longer battery life, and and you're good as gold. So uh, it's worth investing. If you do have an Arlo camera, you can buy the XL battery and the housing to go with it to really extend your battery life, whether it's uh, it's your house, your holiday house, or in a high traffic area, well worth checking out. And you can do that at Arlo.com. And obviously on our social media platforms, you'll be able to check out the first annual uh, Two Bikes Talking Tech Arlo Golf Day. <laughs> later in later in March. Coming up on I don't on, know, uh, I don't know if Lambro knows what he's got coming to him, but about the eighteenth <laughs> of March, I believe it is. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a good day. A good day. There's going to be a lot of um, two blokes talking tech podcast uh, golf balls lost on that day. <laughs> Speak <laughs> to yourself, it, mate. Yeah, well, you're going to need your passport. Eh? We're going. We're going. We're yeah, going bush for that to, one. I'm going to have to make. You might make need to find a much. supercharger. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, good people at Arlo. You can check those out at arlo.com.au. Now, Telstra, the other news from Telstra this week was um, they've uh, released the third generation of their smart modem. Now, this is the modem essentially that they give to Telstra customers, um, you know, on the NBN and the like, and you know, it's the one with the 4G backup. And there's a couple of interesting things about this. First and foremost, the 4G backup speeds have, uh, have gone up to 25.5, so 25 meg down, 5 meg up. And they like to say that's the highest of anyone that provides that kind of service. So obviously with Vodafone, IINet, Optus, there's a lot of plans. You can have these modems that have this kind of SIM card-based mobile network backup. Um, so Telstra is saying they've got the the, um, the fastest of that. I do say do find it interesting. They say 50,000 customers daily are using the 4G backup feature. Now That's a lot of outages what, on the NBN. That's, that's a like, – that's – I don't yeah. think that speaks a lot to the Telstra network on the NBN. Well, I don't think, that I don't think there's that many on... NBN outages. Yeah, well, that'd be nationwide, I guess, too. So that'd be it's a it's True. a big area. But the ones well, yeah, to, to put it in context, there's there's two million people using smart modems. I mean, isn't that like you think about size of you know, Aussie broadband yeah. and people like that get get it pumped when they got a couple hundred thousand? Telstra's got two million customers just with yeah. their smart modems, and there'd be plenty more that don't have that. So, and the other big yeah. thing about this, I think, is that it's Wi-Fi six, right? Yes, they've tested that, and they've tested this too against other modems, so NBN modems supplied by their competitors. 
Yep. And they found that the throughput, so Wi-Fi 6 is on board, so faster. And you think about it, a lot of people have, if you bought a, a laptop or a phone in the last couple of years, you got Wi-Fi 6 on the device. And now if you've got Wi-Fi 6 on the modem router, you are going to get those faster speeds. And they did some testing and found that the nearest rival was less than half of the throughput that they were getting through the smart modem 3. But the other interesting features too were the the smart fix. Have you seen this this sort of smart yeah. it's like smart troubleshooting. So what it does it monitors the performance and can identify faults and solve them in the background. And if it can't do that in the background, it'll send you a notification and then organize an appointment with a technician. Again, another fascinating stat here. Smart mm. fix now accounts for fixing more than 15,000 service issues a month. And I wow. think often that happens without the, uh, the the customer even knowing that something's been fixed. Wow. Uh, so that's really cool. Telstra smart troubleshooting also comes into play and helps customers if they've got any Wi-Fi issues. It helps diagnose those issues uh, and offers suggestions via the My Telstra app. So you'll get a notification saying, "Look, your your Wi-Fi is down or it's slow or whatever." You get those suggestions through the My Telstra apps that hopefully allows you to diagnose that and. Re- and uh, and repair it or fix up what the issue happens to be. So uh, they, they did it, it drop. Is, um, yeah. They did drop a lot of stats here, didn't they? Like since the start of COVID, they've seen um, usage on the Telstra network grow by thirty percent annually. Like yeah. that's. That's, That's a no phenomenal. surprise. All, all people well, first of all, we've got a lot of customers to begin with, but also you've yeah. got to remember we've been working from home for two years. So that's uh, on top of what we're doing now, streaming, gaming, and all that online, learning online. Uh, I think that comes as no shock, but it's uh, that is now, a I solid assume this impression. Smart Modem 3 is the same capabilities as the last one because they had those little um, extender mesh extender things. So it'll, it'll it work will with those. It will fit in, yeah, with those, those, uh, those, uh, mesh, those mesh extenders. It is. I understand it's free if you sign up to a new two-year plan. I've okay. got a lot of my readers contact me saying, look, I'm already on Telstra. Can I get it? Some are saying that it'll cost them 200 bucks to get the new modem. Or I think if you agree to assign to a new two-year contract, you may get the modem for free. So it's kind of like a new mm. customer-only uh, arrangement here. So uh, pretty pretty sure, though, you can obviously pay for it if you want or if you agree to start a new 24-month plan, that might get you the smart modem 3 on the house as well. And if you're a greenie, uh, it's made from 80% recycled materials. I think uh, that, that that I've found the whole sustainability play for a lot of companies, they're really uh, – bragging Mate, about got, their their in some ways it's some ways is about ticking boxes which i guess because yes. you've got to put those it's in the book yeah. but do you know what um i don't think it's going to sell many more modems but it's it's a really cool thing for them to be able to you know hang the hat on that's for sure feel a little bit better about it don't you think i, I find it fascinating well it, let me say this the the box is 80 percent, but the um the actual modem but the packaging is 100 100 recycled materials and that is the I think that's the last frontier here. I find it fascinating these days when I open a new new product that comes to the office and you go, well, hang on a minute, styrofoam still? We still going still there, are we? You know, like there's, yeah. there's so many smarter ways to do packaging now. And, you know, it's the smaller companies that have the furthest to go, and I get that because they don't have the R&D yeah. and, the, and the ability funny, and the cost you know, too. I, I did a big massive cleanup a few months ago and had some stuff from like I'm talking five to six, seven years ago. And seeing the old packaging compared to what you get today was yeah. absolutely mind-blowing. The size of the packaging, plastic in it, all this crap in it. There's just so un- so much air in it. Just they want to make a, the box look bigger. But compared yeah. to today where the, it's tinier box, like you look at, say, the, the iPhone and Samsung S, Galaxy S boxes are tiny. Compared to what they were just like three years ago, it's remarkable. And I think a lot of companies are catching on with that. And the, the whole recycled materials and the recycled packaging, I think you're going to see a lot more of that, not less, a lot more of that moving forward as they – I think they've all got like these sustainability targets that they're trying to hit. So. Mm. Yeah, and so that's why every little uh, thing counts. The yeah, Absolutely. they are. Now, if both Steve and I have got these uh, to review, we, we've got fa- family members within the teams that will be able to connect the new smart modem and do some comparisons to the uh, the previous one. So over the weeks and months ahead, you'll see full reviews of the new Telstra smart modem 3 at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. And BYD, I think, uh, really interesting to see they're entering the Aussie electric vehicle market. And BYD, you know what BYD stands for? Build Your Dreams. It's a Chinese manufacturer, Chinese company. They're being distributed in Australia, though, 
by uh, through EV Direct, and uh, they are bringing the the Atto three into Australia. This is, uh, or let's call it a more affordable EV. So the the Atto three, the model with a range of four hundred kilometres, comes in at under forty five thousand on the road. So we're talking forty four nine ninety drive away. If you want to opt for the four eighty kilometre range model, that's priced at forty seven nine ninety drive away. Seven year warranty has power everything, electric sunroof, eight speaker system, a rotating twelve point inch. 12.8 inch rotating touchscreen, so that can you choose whether you want to watch a view it in portrait or landscape. You watching You've TikToks, or you watching? <laughs> yeah. So if you're charging, you want to sort of watch your Instagram stories, your TikToks, you can flick it over. But if you're driving, it sort of puts it out of the way in landscape mode, so you can see your content. If you've got to watch a Netflix or whatever you happen to be doing while you're charging, you can't do it while you're driving, of course. But while you're while you're charging, you can do it. But all the on the safety sites, airbags, the lane departure warning, electronic stability program, intelligent cruise control. So it's got all the ticks, all the boxes in terms of features. But don't, do you think this this really puts an EV as an option now within reach of a lot more Australians? Well, I got to tell you, I don't think I've been as excited about a car company in a very long time for a couple of reasons. Firstly, they've simplified it. Right, there's no options here. You've got two choices. Do you want the extra battery or not? And then after that, you go, do I want blue because it costs more money? Like that's the only difference, the, the cost of the, the paint on the outside. <clears throat> 44.3 and, and 47.3, it's you know it's simple. Now, this is their, I would call this a mid-size SUV. It's kind of small mid-SUV. It, it, it's equivalent to maybe a Nissan Qashqai or a Toyota CR or CHR. <clears throat> Excuse me, but... Is it, is it similar you, to the MG? The MG ZS EV, about um, it's, that size it's or It's probably smaller? a similar size to that, yes, I would say, yeah. although it kind That's of – That's kind of competing it, on price too. I think, it, I think it sits a bit lower. Mate, here's the thing about MG. The, the MG ZS electric car is not on their website anymore. That They obviously don't have enough stock because it's yeah, not even right. on their website because I went the other day to do a price comparison. It's not on their website. So I yeah. think they've – I actually think that that car is too old now to sell. It's – um. It was a it's a petrol platform. They just shove batteries into it, basically. I think MG it won't be long before they come out with a new fully electric platform. But they were at about forty eight in last time I saw a price on it. They were at about forty eight. So forty four three, um, and they're all, they're also pushing big on the financing here. They're going to have three percent finance, and you know two hundred bucks a week gets you the car, all yeah, that kind of stuff. Not even that. One hundred and fifty a week. They're saying you can. They got a finance program, and yeah, the and price, if you, you factor in the petrol savings, like they're saying sixty five bucks a week you save on petrol. <clears throat> That's not bad. I'm, I've always been about the upfront cost. I love the fact that you can save money on ongoing petrol and all that stuff. But I think what matters to the average Joe is how can I afford to buy the car, right? That's what matters first is buying the yes. car. Now, if you buy a Nissan Qashqai with all the specs, right, you can buy a Nissan Qashqai at 32, 33. But if you get all of those safety features and cruise control and all that up. stuff, yep. it's going to cost you 44. So this is this is equivalence. This is close to equivalence for the first time in a long time. Secondly, the Addo, there'll be another one. I think it'll be called the Addo 1, if not the Addo 2. So in, in China, it's called the BYD Dolphin. Um, it's about the same size as a smaller MG, not the electric one. Um, probably about, it's not quite, it's Kia Rio, not Kia Picanto. It'll come in probably under 35, and wow. that'll be at the end of this year. If it comes in at $35,000 or less, we're talking that's, yeah, that's game radically yeah. game changer, yeah. right? Now, the other thing about this is this is like unprecedented. It's very hard to buy a car right now. Like it's really hard to buy a car. Yeah. It's like a six-month waiting list, right? This company, BYD, yeah, has created a Australian production line. They've invested billions, right? So every month they've got the capability to build 1,500 cars for Australia. Wow. Now, if that little dolphin, the, the Addo 2, 1, whatever it's called, and this Addo 3 get, you know, 500, 1,000, 1,500 sales a month. Within a year, this is going to be the biggest EV company in Australia. They will oh, outsell Tes- Tesla. Tesla. Yeah, because yeah, right. Tesla did 15,000 cars, 12,000 cars last year. You know, obviously it might take 18 months to get to full ramp up. But, mate, when there's a $35,000 yeah. car available, <laughs> mate, yeah, this it's is really going to put the heat on the other brand yeah, it's going to really sort of put the blowtorch on Tesla themselves, all these other companies. But no, I think no, I'll stop another. I don't fact, think it puts though, the blowtorch at all on te- Tesla. I'll I'll support the the Tesla brand in here. So it's this is like Tesla's going to stay up there at your BMW luxury EV level, still right? A premium. This yeah. this yeah. is your Hyundai of fifteen twenty years ago. 
when they first came into yes. the country with the Elantra. And now look at them. They're amazing. Because this company, BYD, is backed by Warren Buffett. Like, he's an investor. That's That says something about the business confidence of it, right? Secondly, they've got this, you know, production plan for Australia. And there's things that I'm aware of that can't, I don't think I can talk about that tell me that it's going to be, deliveries are going to be great in Australia. They've they've teamed with my car, the old Kmart tire and order. That's where you're going to pick your car up when you buy it. Um, oh, but yeah. most importantly, they're going to be transparent. They're going to talk about sales. They're going to do all that stuff. And it's put, as you said, it puts pressure on the, the brands like Kia and Hyundai, right, for example. Yeah. They're brand new EVs, the Ionic 5 and the EV6. Beautiful cars, $70,000 and $90,000. So yeah. crazy money for an EV when a Tesla's available. Like if I had $90,000 to buy a car, I'm not buying a Hyundai, I'm buying a Tesla, right? Like that's yeah, just, that's yeah. why Tesla's selling 12,000 cars. But those two cars, they took pre orders, you know, we, we, expressions of interest. They've got, in two years, they've got about 500, maybe 1,000 cars for Australia. Here and Hyundai. Yeah, that's all. Each. Right. And, 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 and here's BYD. And BYD's in one month. You 1500 a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I too, uh, it's really exciting. I think, look, it's a, I think too that we're going to see EV, so consideration for EVs really hit, hit, hit a, like really take off this year. Uh, and I, but I still think there's a little bit of anxiety around, well, where do I charge this? I think that the, the customer has to <clears> kind of do some forward thinking and say, right, I'm going to get an EV. I need to make sure I can charge it at home or charge it in my apartment building or charge it where I work. So there's those considerations as well. And as an EV driver for the past nearly four years, that's one of the first questions I get asked. How, how far can you go? Where Have you ever not had enough battery? Where, where do you charge it? They're the things that people, I think, need to tick it off. That's why I like like last week, MG, they released the, their own charge hub. You can, you can charge uh, this yep. charge you can buy that can charge all type 2 uh, EVs, including Teslas, all the other brands, yeah. that I think gives people surety thinking, right, if I get that, I can charge this at home. So that really yeah. sort of, that, that's the other part of the story of having, yeah, the price is great, but having that confidence to say, right, I'm going to buy this, but I can't just rock up to a petrol station and fill it up. I've got to know where it is, how far am I going to drive? I know that if I decide to drive to the Hunter Valley, that it's going to be good. I'm going to be able to get back, have a charger there. So these are all things that I think that people need to really do their homework uh, before they order these cards, which, which I yeah, think, we're seeing I more charges anyway. I think there's less so. homework required than there is just education. And I, I said, I've said to a couple of people, in the last um, three months, I've driven pretty much exclusively EVs and I've not used a charger anywhere in Sydney other than my house or, or the office, which is exactly the same. It's a, it's a plug-in-the-wall thing. It's easy. Your um, own charger. You don't. Yeah. You don't need to go to a charging station. You, you, you charge at home, and that's that. It's a mind shift. It's a it's a education process. And the other thing about this company, I had a lot of people say, "Who's BYD?" And you know, oh, they're a Chinese company. I got breaking news for you, folks. If you buy a Tesla Model Three, it's made in China. Okay, it's made in China. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, I I find it. A lot of brands um, made in China. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about it as a kid growing up. You'd get toys and they're made in China. Stuff's always been made in China. It's not revolutionary. <laughs> it's yeah. just the, it's Tesla's just an got ev- its own factory. Tesla's got its own factory in China. So it's the same yeah. car you get if it was built in the US. It just happens to be built in China. Like Apple, let's Apple make their iPhones in China, designed yeah. in California, but it's just put together in China. So similar deal here. But China, BYD is a Chinese company, though, pretty successful Chinese company. And the and the yeah. Chinese government though has been. They've really uh, in, encouraged <laughs> and given these companies an incentive to, not, and not just BYD who produce just exclusively electric cars, but all the other brands that are manufacturers, car manufacturers in China have kind of yeah. also got the, the sort of their running, their, their, their uh, directive to, to produce a certain percentage of their models, make them EV by 2030. So I think in China, yeah. you'll see that most of the imports, we spoke a few weeks ago about the EV imports that are going to hit around the world, more than half of them are going to be sold to Chinese customers. So China's already a convert to EVs, and they're bringing that thinking, that mentality now to Australia through BYD. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this company, not just because of the affordability, but because they're, like they're high quality, the the fit and finish on these things is gorgeous. So I think people are going to be really impressed with this. If put it this way, if MG can sell you know fifteen hundred cars in a year, and that's probably all they could supply, um, BYD will be able to sell these things with great ease at forty four and a bit thousand dollars. 
they're going to do pretty well. Um, I, I'm pretty confident, um, without quoting it, I'm pretty confident they've already got enough pre-orders to outsell Hyundai and Kia uh, in the EV space this year already. So, you know, that wow. this is huge. This is going to be a big year for, for electric cars, as you stated. Um, I know that Tesla is doing their best to ramp up, you know, production and get deliveries to Australia because they want to, because they're now publishing that annual number, which is fine. It's not yeah. monthly, but it's annual. They kind of want to make sure they're showing some growth. You know, they want to show 13,000, 14,000 this year instead of the 12,000 from the year before. Yeah, so, of course. Well, super competitive. Tesla's about to drop the, um, the Model Y. The Model Y is about to hit Australia too. So they're already making right-hand drive Model Ys. They've already been released in London. So that's the same mm. same configuration as us here in Australia. So I reckon in, expect to see within the next month or two that Model Ys are sort of starting to – you'll be able to order them and get them to, in Australia shortly too. The Model Y, by the way – Behind the Hyundai Staria is the ugliest car in the world, um, <laughs> honestly. Uh, it's kind of a Model around 3, the US. Yeah, like, it looks like a pregnant Model 3, don't you reckon? It, yeah. If, yeah, it's, it's ugly. It's a, a big, fat, a Model 3. weird, chunky-looking thing. I, I don't understand the Model Y. I honestly don't. Like, if you if you want uh, an electric car, just get the Model 3. It's a What, do you want well, extra headroom? Is that what it is? The SUV I, I is a popular type of car. The, the, the SUV yeah, is like the number one type of car. What? Oh, I know. It doesn't even but look it's, like it's, an SUV. It's more like, a, it's more like a people mover, more people to fit in there, a bit more room to move than a regular sedan. I think they needed to have like a, you know how like the Model 3s are sort of a smaller, cheaper version of the Model S. They needed a Model Y to be the smaller, cheaper version of the Model X just to sort of keep, oh, that, just, keep that in line. I just line. don't know yeah. what it adds to, to your driveway over and above a Model 3. That's that's the confusing thing for me. But um, anyway, it'll sell yeah. like hotcakes as always because there'll be – mate, there'll yes. be – There'll be a lot of um, and boys and girls buying it for sure. There will be a lot of people that there'll be a lot of Model Three owners, and like this, there would be I reckon maybe four or five Model Three owners just in my suburb. You know, because you see the cars, they stand out. I reckon the Model Y will be the second car. I, I reckon there'll be a lot of people who've realised they don't drive yeah. that that much, they don't care, and they'll they'll love having that as their second car. And they'll double up. I don't think it'll be. I don't think they'll trade in. I think they'll double up. I think they'll. Yeah, I think right. Tesla will double down on on a lot of people. I think it's going to be fascinating. Anyway, um, details of the BYD Atto three are available at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. And Two Blokes Talking Tech is brought to you by Netgear, uh, great supporters of Two Blokes Talking Tech over many many years, all the way through the five hundred and twenty four episodes. And if you need home networking, they've got you covered. Wi Fi six available across all their major products like the Nighthawk range and the Orbi range of mesh systems. And, of course, there's the Netgear Mural as well, that, that wonderful um, artwork photo frame that you can get for your wall or the Wi-Fi photo frame. Um, it's just a beautiful way to display your photography if you're into it or if you love art to subscribe to some of the most beautiful artworks in the world. The Netgear Mural um, is just another product from the good people at Netgear, and you can check all of that out at netgear.com.au. Now, Stephen, I don't think you ever would have expected me to ride an exercise bike. Am I right in saying that? <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, that was a nice surprise. Yeah, I did um, see. I did see your Peloton that you had. So the and and you had it on the Today Show. It was a Peloton. How long have they been around? Now? A year? Have they been in Australia a year now? Longer? Oh, oh, in Australia, probably less than a year. But you know, this is a company that's been around for a very long time globally, mainly in the US. And you know, they were this kind of kind of like an iPhone, a little bit aspirational in that kind of home fitness space. Um, and for yeah. people that don't know, and and I did on the EFTM podcast this week, there's an interview with um, one of the product managers at Peloton for a bit more background. But, you know, you're talking about a, a an exercise bike with real-time fitness trainers. So it's got a computer screen. You can jump on and there might be a live session being hosted by uh, a fitness trainer. Uh, in the US and you can be in that session. You can get shout outs from the trainer because they can see you on the leaderboard. You could be in a session with 500 people or 10,000 people. It's phenomenal how yes. it works. And I'll be honest, I, I had to check it out because there's a new feature we were about to talk about, but I had to understand what it was. So I, I gave it a crack, had a couple of rides and man, oh, sweating like a bloody pig. It was crazy. Yeah. Solid. Oh, it's a big it community. A solid workout. Yeah. 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 So the, the new feature. The, yeah. Go on, no. The quality of the, of the bike itself, the quality. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, they're about what they started about 2,700 for the bike. That's mm. for the 23.3 inch screen with two way audio. Then you can go up to the, the 24 inch screen with four way audio, and the, the screen can rotate 360 degrees. So you can actually turn the screen away from the bike if you want to do a workout just on a mat with some weights or whatever. So there are a couple of – invest. it's a bit of an investment to join in, and then it's a $59 mm. a month 
all access members pass to get you the access to all the classes and everything, including yeah. what we're about to talk about, which is the Peloton lane break, which what's the word? Gamifies. The Gamifies. Word it's true because like the, the word, idea eh? of the Peloton is, word. yeah, it's a real word, just like nightography, Gary. Um, the, <laughs> uh, the, the idea of Peloton is there's someone in front of you and you're doing what they're asking you to do. Then there's a couple other sessions where you can just, you know, ride if you like, but there's also these scenic ones where the video on the screen is kind of you riding along Venice Beach or whatever. But this lane break, I think it's brilliant. I actually used it as a warm-up because you can – it's basically this deal between Warner Warner Music and, and Peloton. They use music uh, in a game-like environment. So I did Phil Collins um, in the air tonight, right? So good song. I love it. So that was good for me. <laughs> and then there's these six lanes. And the, your your bike is just a wheel on one lane, but then the resistance dial, which is how you make it harder or or easier to to to, to pedal, um, moves you from left to right on the lanes. So if you choose the right lane, it'll it'll be a lot more resistance. But it's kind of like playing Mario Kart or something like that. In each lane, there might be objects. You're not collecting coins, but you might uh, might go into one where the beats of the song are. You might go into another one where for a like a you know ten. 10 bars of the song, you might be just pumping the, the cadence, your actual cycling rate, to um, get through this, this this quick little challenge. And so basically, it's yeah. literally, as we say, it's gamifying it because you can get more points and at the end of it, you, you know, you receive a status. Um, yeah. I think it's a great way to keep people engaged in the platform, most importantly. So I think it's like imagine a PlayStation that instead of having a controller, you've got to ride, you've got to work the, with your body. You've got, to, you've got your legs pumping to get through the level. You had me at Instead controller. of just having a good feeling about your points, you get, you're actually training harder. It's a really but smart idea. Thing, you know, you combine those you know things, why it's yeah. smart? Because if you do choose a song that you like, like I'm, I'm on this Phil Collins song and I'm like, with the – There was a that one if there was a bit filthy yeah. about it. But in a 20-minute session with a trainer, you can be 15 minutes in and you go, you know what, I am just going to – ride myself home here. I'm not really going to follow your instructions. You just want to get to the end oh. of the 20 minutes and I'm, I'm kind of just, oof, I'm done. But there was something about this gamified version that made me go, okay, no, it's just, I've just got to follow those beats there. I've just got to do that one last thing. It actually, yeah, I right. think it did push you to the end a bit more. Um, so it's just another feature of a, a product that, you know, is going to keep people sticky because as you said, it's, you know, it's really become the home gym. That idea of being able to have a bike in the corner so you're pedaling away, but then you can turn the screen around, put another gym mat down, and just do a yoga session because there's yoga classes as well. Yeah, you know, it's Apple a session with hand weights. Meets, yeah, meets a physical bike, and you know, there's a bunch of different things to it. It's it's fascinating how yeah. that home fitness space has grown. And like people, people are including myself. Like I'm thinking, wow, that's a serious investment. The cost of the bike is mm. like a fair bit of money, and it's fifty nine bucks a month on top of that. When yeah. you consider, like, if you look at, like, if you go to F45, like, you know, it costs you, like, 60, 70 bucks a week to go to F45 or any of those really trendy gyms oh, right I did now. not know that. So, yeah, if you calculate I've never that, asked. If you calculate uh, <laughs> the, the costs of your memberships and everything like that, and I think uh, from memory, I think Peloton also offer, like, a deal where you can pay your bike off. You don't have to pay it off in one hit. Okay. You can have it, like, an instalment plan. So uh, they do – there's a little – actually, there's a calculator on their website – that can let you calculate what you're currently paying for your fitness, like your gym memberships and all the stuff you need, then uh, compare it to what it would cost to join Peloton, which is really smart. It's the same as the way, Tesla, the, the way Tesla yeah. say, you know, it's this price, but you're going to save this much on fuel, you know? Like it's, it's on petrol. It's yeah, it making, make it, the car it's making yeah, it real for you. It's making it real for you. Yeah. But look, I'll be completely honest. When they, when they were talking about lane break a month or so ago, and obviously they wanted to get some coverage for it, um, they said they'll send me the bike to try for three months. And I'm like, I just need it for a week to be able to do the Today Show segment. I really don't need it for three months. But I'm actually going to hold on to it for three months because I'm going to try and I just want to do – it's also very um, very much like your Apple Fitness rings and things like that. You're like when you turn it on, it yeah. says you're on a two-week streak, you know, keep that streak going. It's very yes. encouraging <laughs> for you. So I'll be interested to see whether – because it's just at the office and I'm there so much, whether I can – you know, if I can pull three sessions a week, I think it'll be really fascinating to see how it kind of drives me in that sense and whether or not it does become a thing. I'll be honest with you though, and this is uh, this is this will sound funny but it's genuine – I find a bike very uncomfortable. Like it's it's hard on the ass. Let's really? be honest. Yes. <laughs> so the seat is kind of like a racing bike, like a, a, a yeah. racing I'm bike. I'm like, seat. why are we not? Why have we not got a big seat? Yeah. Why does bike have to have that? I don't- <laughs> I've got no dramas. I've got plenty of cushioning back there, mate. I should be sweet. Yeah, it's, it's I've got a plenty very of cushion. small what are you trying narrow to say? area you know, that no the cushioning cushion. does <laughs> that needs to be on. Okay, really? Okay. 
bit uh, TMI there. That's all good. That's uh, what you were anyway. sort of walking like a cowboy the next day, were you, mate? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Is that right? Put it this way. There's all these bits in the like session. Like, okay, let's, let's stand up and cycle now. And I'm like, okay, I'll stand up and <laughs> yeah. cycle. And then I sit down and go, oops, I'm standing up again. Thanks. <laughs> mate, it's – Yeah, right. Yeah. You saw the next take... day. It would have been a bit of a bit Do you know what? No. Body, I – I didn't feel sore the next day, and I think it's because there's a warm-up. Like when you do the sessions, it's like, okay, we're going to warm-up right. now, and there's a cool-down. So it is yeah. – it's very well smart. done. So fascinating system. The Peloton lane break, I'm not sure it's a selling feature, but I think it's a very useful um, addition to the to that monthly membership, and you can read more about that uh, at eftm.com and techguide.com.au. Real quickly, uh, to finish off the show this week, we're Panasonic – and this has been a really highly anticipated release, the new Lumix GH6. And it's a real downer that this was kind of, we're kind of at the end of COVID. They normally take us to mm. a really nice place to launch their GH cameras. <laughs> I think we've been to Tasmania, New Zealand. It's awesome. Uh, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to do that this year, but the camera, though, really has lived up to its expectations. It's their new 25.2 megapixel live MOS sensor, uh, so really improved dynamic range performance, still has that rugged design, but also had, delivers the features that were kind of missing before, so unlimited recording. It's got this new this new uh, cooling system on board as well. Still has the dual uh, memory card system, I think the CF Express and the SD card. But I think they've got the the uh, USB-C port, which after a soon-to-be-released firmware upgrade, you'll be able to record directly to an SSD drive, which is, uh, that, that's, I think, welcome news for serious creators and really helps with their workflow. Speaking of the workflow, they're now including Apple ProRes 422HQ. That's kind of an industry standard of, of a video. And now, because this, don't forget, this is kind of, this is a mirrorless mm. camera. And traditionally, what would happen? They'd have to convert to that to that codec. So now it's going to save them a lot of time with that. But yeah. uh, the unlimited recording, I think, is a big tick too. Uh, you know, that just depends on the capacity of your memory card and the life of your battery. You That's can a just very go, big go deal. I, I can yeah. talk about that specifically because we're we're doing some shooting here, and most cameras have a thirty minute window. Yes, unlimited recording is a big deal. Yeah, that's huge. And uh, the the new heat management technology, it can handle like shooting 4K at 60 bits too, 60, 60p. Uh, and, and what they're saying too, that there's fans and everything that kicks in, but you can't hear them. Because you've got to remember, oh. this is a camera, you're recording audio, video. They reckon the, ca- the, the cooling system is so, so... Uh, precise uh, and and let not in, and non-intrusive that you don't even hear the thing even when it's powering up. But uh, mm. this is, I think, massive news for creators. And and this is a sort of the camera that you can take out into the field. They've got also a, a ability to record four channels of audio too. So there's a there's a microphone, an XLR microphone adapter you can hit, hook into the hot shoe, and you can you can record up to four different channels of audio. So if you've got a couple of people on camera or uh, you want to record background noise as well. Uh, this really opens it up for creators. They've also got their three-inch touch uh, LCD rear monitor, really sharp. It, it looks like a, a really thin fra- frame around it, so it's like it's all mm. your screen, so you can uh, you can view easily what what you're what you're filming. They've also got the OLED uh, live viewfinder as well, which is the equivalent of like a 35 millimeter live viewfinder as well. Dual memory card slots, which I've mentioned, but also I reckon that USB port that's going to be allowed to record direct to SSD is a cracker. You think about with unlimited recording, you've got an SSD drive, say it's connected to power, you could record for, if you've got a terabyte SSD drive, you can go nuts and just keep recording for as long as you want. I'm not sure when you need it, but it's a good feature to have. Like, do you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. um, I, I want to know when I could flow, use like, that. Oh, it's, it's handy having just everything on a big SSD card because then you can just connect yeah. that through a USB-C to your computer. Uh, price-wise, starts at three six nine nine, which I think for the for a camera of this quality is not bad for body only. Mm. So three thousand six hundred ninety-nine. They've got lens kits as well, uh, which are four thousand seven hundred and ninety-nine. They've uh, and they've also got a kit with a twelve to sixty millimeter lens, so smaller lens for three three triple nine. So I reckon I'm surprised that that's pretty competitive when you think of what this is competing against on the market. So if you're, I know there are a lot of people who are big fans of the Lumix range, and of course all the lenses from the GH five will work on this as well. But I think yeah, this has uh, been a long time coming, and I think is, is going to deliver on those features that creators and videographers are looking for. 
Very nice. All the details of the Linux GH6 at techguide.com.au. Stephen, um, lovely to see your face, mate. And uh, we'll get yes, together for a private course, before Monday, which would be lovely. And um, I will, uh, I'll just soak in the um, the the food um, that is just so amazing here in Barcelona. And I don't need to partake yes. in at all. Basically, I just make my own bread rolls. You don't have the paella, paella. What do they no, call mate. that? With the you, you'd be a strict steak and veggies, steak no, and steak and chips man, mate. No, yeah. mate, I'm a I'm a jamon and cheese kind of guy. Oh, you, on you're a, in, a bread roll. <laughs> you're in a classic European city. All the beautiful food and all the different yes, stuff there. Yes, it's all wasted on me. Everything. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh well. Anyway, and we'll be back next week uh, in uh, in Sydney for another the next episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech. See you then, buddy. Take care, mate. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech.